1: When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh-hand, burned-piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well.
2: the throw, down toward the goal line, going up, ball tipped in the air. Touchdown, Gordon Westerkamp, but Brusca wins the game on the final play of the contest. Oh, baby! far side, back to throw, as Martinez, dropping being chased, throws
1: it out, a flat, Burkhead makes a catch, a tackle, 25-20, 15-10, 20, 5, Rex Burkhead touchdown, a
0: Welcome back to the Church of the Corn podcast, uh, members of the corn congregation. Uh, we've got a, another uh, special guest with us this evening. We'll get to him in just a moment, but let's check in with uh, Zach, Nebraska's Uber driver, hype man. How are you doing today?
1: Uh, you know, I'm just, just kicking it in the basement with the uh, pebbles here. So, you know, just hanging out, doing a whole lot of nothing. How are you doing?
0: Right. I'm, I'm doing all right doing all right just uh pretty easy day um so busy yesterday which you know you you weren't here to to chat about that but it's you know we won't hold that over your head but
1: yeah i was pulling uh, the old irish goodbye on a uh at a, at a wedding so that's that's what i was doing yesterday so sorry for missing you, boys
0: you really are getting into this whole theme of uh, playing northwestern in uh what 80 some days
1: yeah i think it's like 87 days so yeah what can i say i'm doing my best impression for over there
0: all right well let's uh let's get into it we'll get our guest going and see uh how excited he is to to head across the atlantic uh we have we we've already talked with one specialist in our in our podcast our, the the punter now we're going to introduce our next guest uh straight from atlanta georgia by way of Furman. University is a grad transfer scholarship kicker Timmy Bleak Road. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? We're doing we're doing all right. We're doing all right. How is uh, how is Lincoln treating you so far?
3: Uh, it's been it's been great. Just kind of been working out each day and getting to meet some of the specialists and all the other coaches and other players. I mean, it's been it's been good. Everyone I met is really nice. Facilities are crazy. So I mean, I've enjoyed it so far
0: that's very cool. Um, has, uh, has your, uh, specialist teammate, Brian Buschini, um, invited you over for any family dinners yet with he, he and his wife. I still, I still kind of amazed at that. Cause I'm like, well, I guess he, you know, he's older and this whole transfer thing, you kind of, it's not like you guys are 17, 18 years old anymore.
3: Yeah, no, he, we, uh, last Saturday we went over, all the specialists went over to his house that could, and we had like a, just a, Get together, made some burgers on the grill. Just had a good time over there. So yeah, that was fun.
0: Very, very cool. Is Brian a better punter or a griller?
3: <laughs> we'll just say punter. He he made good burgers though, but I've seen him
0: punt. <laughs> uh, that's We're all. Pumped. That's all anyone's gonna care about. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, um, so your transfer, you you kicked it at Furman. How did you? how you end up at Furman out of uh, out of Atlanta?
3: Yeah, Furman's just a short two-hour drive from where I'm from in Atlanta, so my high school actually has a lot of kids go to Furman just for football and sports in general, and our athletic director played football up at Furman, so it was kind of a pipeline almost to Furman, and I was in the spring of my senior year of high school, or mainly winter, I was just trying to look for a place to go play football, and uh, they were a school that offered me a spot on the team, and then I walked on there, and then after two years sitting behind Grayson Atkins, who transferred to UNC, he was an All-American at Furman. I then got the job my junior year, and then senior year I also had it. So then now I'm here.
1: So you've you've been stuck behind some pretty talented uh, specialists, you know, at, at Furman. What? Uh, you're kind of walking into a—I a, don't want to say an empty room at Nebraska, but there's not a whole lot of competition. I feel for you as as a, as a as the kicker. Um, for me, how does how does that push you as a competitor when you've kind of seen what Nebraska's done in, in the kicking department? How, how does that kind of push you to really say, "Well, I'm I'm the fix here," as a you know, because it seems like it's just an empty room right now.
3: Um. Oh. Well, I try not to look at it that way because I don't want to get complacent. So I'm viewing all these, the specialist room. I mean, there's a new high school five-star kicker coming in. And then there's still competition within uh, the people that were here last year with Chase and Brendan Frankie. So, I mean, well, I do see a lot of opportunity there. I don't want to just do it that way because I don't want to just say, oh, I have the job and then – Competition just brings out the best in the room, so that's where that's kind of how I view it so I think it's good to have a bunch of kickers in there
1: yeah it it seems like i and the that's the great thing about this off season it seems like the emphasis has really been put on special teams where it's been really neglected the last few years um with there being so many new pieces on special teams from long snapper to punter to kicker is that pretty difficult for you guys all to mesh? um with not having a ton of time to work together in the off season
3: uh well right now in the summer we we're trying to build a schedule for all the specialists can go out and um right now it's two two days a week is what we're shooting for and then as we get more and more into workouts so we're not just sore all the time when we get more and more into workouts we'll probably bump it up to like three days a week, maybe, maybe four days a week, probably not, but maybe. But um it's good just every time we get out there, we make sure we get live reps, build that chemistry with the snapper and holder. And then we also try and train with um Brett Maher when hit he, when he's out there. If it just aligns with one of our kicking days, we'll get out there and work with him, which is which is super helpful since I mean he's been in the NFL for 10 years now. So we get some good work with him, just He's not trying to change anything we do, but he just gives us tips and tricks. If he sees something we're doing wrong, then he'll just let us know, which is really good
1: help.
0: See, and that's what um, some information that in a couple of different articles from uh, some specialist camps that you guys have been doing down at the down at school. Alex Henry, uh, Sam Cook, uh, Brett Maher, all there were having connections with Bill Bush, which I think probably gives you a little bit more confidence if those guys are willing to hey when he calls they answer they pick up and then they're you know willing to come down um mm-hmm. what is it what's it like for you to be able to whether it's just ask questions get tips work with them i know you um you watched justin tucker for example on video and i know he's not you know down there as well but him you know he worked with sam cook on the same team stuff like that is that kind of where your mindset goes are you are you a, a film guy? Are you uh will you break things down for yourself and then use that information to with those other guys to help? How do you how do you attack that when you're not out on the field training?
3: You're saying like in terms with them?
0: Yeah, are they yes. you know is that some is that something that you were um was it a surprise to you? Did you anticipate that was gonna happen? Um how will I guess how will you use them uh to yeah, kind of help yeah. you? Oh um, well when
3: I was getting recruited here, Coach Bush kind of hammered that point that these specialists work throughout the summer with these guys He named them all three of these guys because they live near here. So, I mean, I kind of knew I was going to be able to work with these guys coming in. I've since we just got here. I mean, I've only trained once with Brett and then Alex and Sam and Brett were all at the camp yesterday. So they worked the camp and part of the camp was like, just, a, just a, like going over, techniques so getting to hear alex and brett talk about all that was really helpful but i mean i think just going out there and working with them is going to be the main thing of like communication with us and then i think maybe sometimes they'll take videos if they want and then kind of break it down with us out out on the field so
0: that's just cool
3: yeah just getting work with them on the field is main the main thing we'll be doing
0: was Alex's video portion just a loop of the Colorado kick um, when he when he or when he pulled that one off? Have, and then I guess the second part of that is have you have you seen that um, with the volume turned up to about eleven? Um, <laughs> that's a that's a pretty exciting moment in, in Husker football. Here's yeah,
3: the- yeah, he br- he showed the video to all the
0: camp,
3: <laughs> but uh, um, it, it was. I don't really know. I didn't really know too much of the story about it until recently, really, until I came here. And um, yeah, it's one of the craziest stories. I mean, they were telling us how it's almost like one of those legend stories in Nebraska football history. So, I mean, I haven't, I don't, I haven't watched the full video on blast. I guess I need to do that. But uh, yesterday it gave me goosebumps and I, I wasn't raised a Nebraska fan and just being here for three weeks, I was getting goosebumps just watching that video.
0: There's, I mean, there's, there's so much that goes into it. Um, and then just having that, but the, the, the feel and the, just the noise and, and things like that in the stadium, you know, you see it on social media, comes up at different times. And it's one of those that I'll, I'll watch it again, listen to mm-hmm. it. And it's just, you know, but it's, and- yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's a really, really cool moment. Um, what's, what's for you, what kind of, what do you, what do you do for yourself? You know, cause you can't just kick all the time. Like you said, you can't, you know, you don't want to stress your leg out. Uh, you've mm-hmm. got to recover. What are your, I guess, two or three things that you really focus on with your individual technique? Is it, is it leg swing, which is a big part of it? Is it, you know, do you, is it any, you know, what do you do to, to kind of prepare yourself in that moment?
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, so when I'm out there and I'm not, trying to just kick a million balls. I do some drills just working on my swing and just, it's not really the leg speed part. It's more just the the form of it where it's I'm not hitting any balls. And then if I'm doing punts, it takes no, uh, no effort really to do drops. So you can do as many drops as you want in a day and you're not going to get sore by doing it. So that's a big thing when I'm just bored at practice, just doing drops all the time. Um, but really, yeah, those two I, I focus on the most, and that helps me be as consistent as possible.
0: So you just mentioned the punts, and I know um, – and there's probably quite a few. I know you 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 know went to camp circuit and did some of those things. Uh, there was a, some videos out there. You were at uh, the Chris Saylor kicking camp. This is back in 2018, but you mm-hmm. guys were – you know, doing all three phases. There were you know videos of field goals, kickoffs, punts. Um, mm-hmm. It looks like you had pretty pretty good leg as well. Are you are you in a position, or as Coach Bush talked about, you know that if if the need arises, are you can you still perform all mm-hmm. three at a level that's that's necessary for the team, or have you really just specialized as a as a field goal kicker?
3: Um. I mean, what the plan is, is just doing field goals, obviously, and then being a reserve on backup punting and backup kickoff. So, I mean, I punted at Furman for two years, so I haven't, like, just forgotten how to do it. I still work on it, but I don't do it as much as I do field goals-wise, but I still work on it because I know if anything happened to Brian, hopefully not, but if anything did, I'd still have to hit punts. so... I've, I have been working
1: on that. One big question I got for you, because, you know, you're, you're from, you know, you went to Furman, you're a Southern guy. What's the transfer portal and everything been like for you um, through that process, you know, getting recruited to Nebraska or, you know, other schools trying to do it, and then the moving process up here? What's that whole kind of transition been like for you kind of the last month, month and a half or so?
3: Yeah. Um, you, you started the question with about just asking about how the portal works.
1: You, uh, well, you know, how's it worked for you? Like, obviously every player that goes in has a different experience in there. What was your experience like? And then what's it been like moving up here?
3: So, um, right after the season at Furman, I put my name in the portal just to kind of see what would happen because I could have stayed at Furman and played a fifth year and just extended graduation. But my view was more, I want to go play somewhere for two more years because I have two more and try and get a grad degree rather than just extend graduation. So I put my name in the portal to see what would happen. And uh, Nebraska on the first day contacted me and reached out. And then um, from there, we kind of talked every day. And then Coach Bush came down to Furman twice or to Greenville. We went to get some food downtown Greenville. And those visits, we kind of just hit it off. And then I went, he invited me on a visit to Lincoln and then after coming here and seeing all the facilities and knowing they're building new facilities, I mean, it was kind of a no brainer to me, all the resources too. And just, so that was kind of my story coming here and the transition hasn't been too bad. It was a little weird in the spring, not having football activities, but I kept working out and kicking all the time. So, I mean, Having that background of playing college football for three and a half years, it, it wasn't very hard to just set a schedule to get your work in. But um, now coming here, it is a little different because I'm 22 rather than 18 walking into the, to the building, so it's kind of kind of tricky trying to meet all the all the new guys. But I'm trying to hang out with some of the older guys because they're closer to my age. But so uh, that is a little different, but it's been it's been great so far. It hasn't been too bad. The coaches have kind of eased us all into it, so it's
0: been good. Well, it's it's almost, you know, five, six years ago, you know, you might have been one of two or three. Now you're what? There's 18, what is it, eight, 17, 18 between transfers or, yep. um, you know, 22 recruits that are, are here or, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you're talking your 85 scholarship limit, about almost 20%, 22% of the team is new, which – I guess could make that a little bit more comfortable in a way because um, you're not the only one, but is that, is that something that you're, you know, anticipating is just going to kind of continue um, for the, for the longevity here for the next five, 10, 15 years with this transfer? Do you think it'll settle out or are, I guess the last part then is, is it a good, is it a good thing? It's benefiting you right yeah. now. You took, mm-hmm. you're taking advantage of the opportunity. Uh, how do you, how do you for, kind of foresee it as a as big picture? Yeah, um well a lot of the guys
3: came in January so they've kind of settled in for now 6 months but um in terms of the big picture I I kind of think it's more of just a temporary thing. I could be completely wrong. I don't I don't know. I haven't asked about any of that, but it kind of seems like Nebraska given their history in football, especially in the nineties, when they were winning national championships, I think they want to get back to that as soon as possible. And I still think they're emphasizing kids coming out of high school. Cause that's how you ultimately want to do it by, um, raising them through the, through the program. And then by the time they get to be sophomores, juniors, seniors, then they're running the, running the program. But I think right now they're just kind of in win now mode or wearing win now mode. So to, um, I think it was just strategic this year. It may or may not be a long term picture, but um, I don't know. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna work well with us this year with all the additions and additions on the coaching staff as well. So, I think I think we're gonna have a good year
1: with um, you know, transfers and all that kind of good stuff and NIL becoming a, a big thing. I think most of us agree NIL is a good thing. Athletes deserve to get paid. Y'all are busting your asses, so hey, I think we're all in agreement there with nebraska kind of being on the forefront of everything is that something that you're trying to dive into more the nil purpose you know nil things or is that something that you're you know not super interested in at the moment just trying to get more acclimated
3: yeah um i i do think it's pretty interesting part of college football i'm definitely open to looking into all of them um I'm not like dying or like trying super hard to go out and get some. But, uh, there, we, uh, I'm, I'm, I am looking for some. I'm not trying, I'm not just closing the door on them, you know. But I do, I do think it's good for college football in, in some ways and some ways it's not. But, um, it is interesting what's going on now with the NIL. stuff.
1: So. it's kind of that double edged sword where it's like, yeah, it's great because people are getting paid, but then, this you know you're going to get the negative side of everything it's it's unfortunately how it always goes um yeah. it's just crazy how it went from 0 to 100 within yeah. like just uh, it's it was almost like a, a light switch turning on i don't think yeah. it's sustainable but i feel like certain programs are going to get a good hand on it. I, I do feel like a program like nebraska has been has had this in the plans for it seems like the last 5 years or so mm mm-hmm. And, you yeah, know, I, think,
3: I think Nebraska's fans will will be very helpful in NIL, in my opinion. So,
1: yeah, you got the organizations that'll definitely help out, and the fans that are definitely dedicated to the uh, team through thick and thin.
0: That's what I was gonna jump in with the with ABM, uh, the collectives having open doors right on essentially right off of, a step away from campus. Those guys that um, former Huskers that have done all of that. Does every player automatically set up or have a profile set up on ABM, or is that something you choose to
3: do? Uh That's something something you choose to do. Okay, but um, the majority of the guys do it because it doesn't doesn't really hurt to do it. And it, like, I chose to do it because it, they kind of help you look for an opportunities rather than me going out on my own because I'm they know what they're doing. I really don't know what I'm doing, so that's why I chose to do it. Yeah, I think it's good to have that. So, and open doors as well.
0: Well, we'd like to say that don't be surprised. You know, after this airs this week, and you'll probably, you know, twenty-seven, thirty-seven offers are going to come streaming your way, um, which means a, a essentially equivalent of about one per listener that we get. So, uh, hopefully that uh, hopefully that works. <laughs> not just kidding. Hopefully that works out for you though. But no, it is. You know, like you said, it's not. It's not something that you're seeking out, but. Now it's something where you don't, you know, you don't have to turn it down. And if it, if it, if it's there for you, might as well take advantage Excellent. of it. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you have, um, kind of, do you have goals for yourself, uh, for the season in terms of, uh, percentage of of made kicks, which we want to be a hundred percent, no pressure. <laughs> um, but do you have, do you have kind of certain distances that you kind of look at for yourself and can say, you know, what I, I'm almost automatic from here. Uh, things mm-hmm. like that. Do you have a kind of an area that you, you know, you're comfortable, you know, 47 to 51, you know, greater than that, less than that. What's, how's that work for you?
3: Yeah. Um. In terms of like set goals written down, I don't, I don't have any of that, but the way I kind of look at it is every kick I go out there. I just want to go one for one. And then in terms of big picture, I kind of look at it as 40 and in, I should be pretty, pretty automatic or goals wise. I think that, I think that should be 100% shooter for that, C- kind of the 40 to 50 range. I want to say roughly 85 to 90% and above, and then 50 plus. I mean, naturally, you're just not all kickers are just gonna make those every time. So, um, shooting for just around the same 80, 85%. But those 55 plus, you don't really kick too often. And I mean, that's probably right around the range. I'd cut it off, anyways. I feel like most college kickers doing less need be like in late situations or something but um but yeah just kind of 40 and in i want to be as, as automatic as possible and then 40 plus 85 90 percent more but really the way i look at it is if i go on the field i'm ex- i'm expecting to make the kick so just kind of going one for one each time
0: practice um pre-game no rush with a rush or whatever what is your uh what's your what's your longest kick and we know you have the number. Brian, he kind of him he's like, "Well," and then all of a sudden he's like, "Well, I did this, this, you know." So, we know you have this number in your head. Is it uh have you uh you hit a 65-yarder in warm-ups one time or what is it?
3: No, my farthest is a uh, I hit 60 a couple times. But I I really don't like going out and practice and just backing up as far as I can to see what I can do cuz I mean, for the most part that's never going to happen in a game. So I kind of just stick to kicks that i think i'm more likely to kick in games work on angles and uh but yeah 60 is the part of this i've hit a couple of times so
0: well and when you get the longer you go out there's more variables that come into play you know exactly the, the angle the the lift the height all that stuff the wind you know it does make it it makes it a, a lot more a lot more challenging um mm-hmm. we're kind of getting into the uh the really the the big questions these are probably things that drake would ask if he was here uh, so I'll do him a solid. Uh, number one, are you uh, are you comfortable or do you have to uh, become an Adidas footwear guy now that you're with the Huskers? Uh, I guess, is there a preference or is that something you have to change?
3: Yeah, I, I have to change the Adidas. I've already been kicking in a few Adidas cleats now. So, I mean, a cleat's a cleat for the most part. I've been using Nike at farman.
0: Nah. I know you're you're an old you're a soccer guy are you going old school copas or what do you uh what are you nah, I just, on your footwear
3: um I don't I actually don't know the exact name of it. I think maybe a predator okay that's what I'm using right now the way I like my cleat though is um I don't I don't like the thicker cleats I kind of like the thin cleats that are synthetic and um that way you kind of feel it more or at least in my opinion so um I just kind of choose use cleats like that kind of tight around my foot and you ever
0: do you ever kick barefoot then for that same for that same concept to feel it i mean just to... no I, it's no a training, I it's a training method zach you mock me but i'm telling you if you can hit that ball barefoot right where it's supposed to be it's yeah no I, the yeah feel that is the dirty, but... well
1: no shit fits
3: <laughs> <laughs> having the shoe though just a little less pain barefoot i feel like would hurt a little bit but uh
0: Zach's a little bit of a caveman. He'd put on the old pony shoe with the flat front, straight-on toe kicker, and just try to boot it, boot it through. So we've got a. All I was to gonna
1: ask, items. I just was gonna ask the question of, you know, you're a specialist. All specialists have their uh, quirks. So, do you have any um, quirks that uh, I guess are kind of different? Um, well, no football players are a little out there. I was one. I'm still a little out there, but yeah, you have any quirks or anything like that? Any, uh, good luck charms you've got
3: in terms of just like out on the football field. Yep. Quirks. Yep. You got a big
0: superstitions. Yep. Good luck charms.
3: No, I kind of just, I kind of just do my thing. I mean, I don't, I don't really have any superstitions, things I do weekly on game days. I kind of just go out there and just trust, trust what I've always done. I mean, I'm kinda of just a simple, basic guy when it turn in terms of being a football player, so
1: Yeah, well Fitz is not. You should see his routine before he gets on the podcast. It's <laughs> it's pretty terrifying actually, but it's okay. We we, we we still deal with it at this point. Um since you said, you know, does your kind of average normal kicker, um, what what's a place you're really looking forward to kicking at, you know? I don't know if you've gotten a chance to look at the schedule, but is there any place you've really looked forward to kicking at, you know, kind of moving up to the Division One level or the FBS level?
3: Mm-hmm. Um. well, obviously I'm looking forward to kicking Memorial Stadium. I mean, I haven't got the chance to kick out there. They just put up the nets, so I'm, I think we're going to start working out there coming this week and stuff. But um, I've always heard that's one of the – wouldn't say easiest stadiums to kick in but i've heard if you can kick there you can kick anywhere so um that's why i'm kind of enjoying to see how that's going to be i think you just adjust to the uh wind and everything and you're, you're fine in terms of other stadiums i'm looking i've been looking at the michigan game that one's gonna be cool having a hundred thousand people and in that bowl i'm looking forward to kicking in that stadium
0: So does that, are you, are you of the mindset that it's, you know, it's it's 21, 21, three seconds left on the clock in the fourth quarter, and you're just, you're ready to go? Yeah. I mean,
3: I don't, I don't really get too nervous going out there to kick. When I'm on the field, I don't, I don't notice anything other than the snap, hold and kick. So, I mean, I kind of enjoy those, those pressure moments almost, but I haven't really dealt with, too many of them in game situations, but I I have had a couple, and I kind of like
0: them. Well, talk about you know, pressure. You there was a an article where you have had some connection with uh, Bengals kicker Evan McPherson. Uh, how did that How did that come about? How's that connection working out? No, I don't.
3: I don't have a connection with the, Okay. I think that article or the interview. He was just saying what kickers you kind of watch.
0: Oh, I got you. I got you. And,
3: I was saying how he's my age and um I've worked at like kicking camps growing up with him kind of just Oh, okay. Okay. Being there at the same time and seeing how he's progressed was kind of cool and now watching him in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously one of the best kickers in the league already. So his I do watch his kick and form and kind of use that as some help just in my game.
0: Is the is the next level is the NFL on your radar? Is that something you're you're working towards? and yeah, something I'm
3: working towards. I'm not going to just close the opportunity, but um, I'm also working on getting the MBA. So if that doesn't work out, then having the MBA to to use in my future. But I think it'd be really cool. I mean, coming here. I mean, it, it, kickers. It doesn't really matter where they come from. They can kick it to the uprights. But coming here will definitely get me more looks rather than at the smaller schools. You know. So that was part of the reason I transferred too.
1: I got a I got a question for uh that Drake would normally ask too, so I'll ask it. Uh <laughs> and it's a pressure question since you brought up pressure. Um top three songs uh to get you hyped up, or top three songs on your playlist right now? What you got? Oh ah, uh. Yep. Pressure, pressure, pressure.
3: Um well, I, one of the, my favorite songs, just to get me hyped up, is "Joker and the Thief." I, I love that song. But I'm a I'm a big country music fan, so I listen to um, Riley Green, Morgan Wallen, Tyler Childers, so those, those types of guys.
0: So I mean,
1: Fitz, that's right up your alley, right, bud? What country? Yeah, country.
0: Um, let's see. Was down at Memorial Stadium for Garth Brooks. Was at Pinnacle Bank for George Strait. So, yeah, yeah, I just I, missed
3: it. I wanted to go to that.
0: <laughs> we, uh, we had, uh, two of your, two of your teammates were sitting right in front of you and they were, they were real cool. They, they, we had a connected name that we kind of kind of in the close proximity talking to mm-hmm. and stuff. And so we ended up talking to them before the concert. So it was, that was really, yeah. really, really cool. So I'm going to, I'm going to drop it right now. And that way the pressure is on for, uh, either, uh, for Bo, Bo Kircher to, to come on. And, and then we had, uh, taggy was sitting down with them as well so you can you can put the good word in and say i don't know what you're doing but you need to come on and talk with these guys but uh <laughs> the uh i'm gonna go back to it joker and the thief that's wolf mother right yeah that that first and because i've done this way too often it's about the first uh, i think it's like 63 64 seconds if that i don't maybe they use it in the stadium i'm not 100 percent sure but that just that intro the instrumental, the guitars, the drums, stuff like that is a uh, that's a good sixty seconds or so worth of music. So good, good call on that one. Yeah, I have always thought if I had like a
3: walk-up song, I'd probably choose that. Well, the intro.
0: You know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they've got. You obviously haven't been at um, you know Memorial Stadium for for a game in person. I know you were at the spring game. Um, you know, they've got they've got music that they play. You know, for third down. You know, things like that. They've got. <laughs> Couple things in line. I'm, I'm wondering if you just have that conversation, you go on out there to kick, you get that. Uh, <laughs> why not? I mean, I, I guess for, cool. the, for the kicker to for the kicker to come out to that, like, hey, let's just let's go, let's do this. So, um, that's on your well, kickers, are too, kickers are
1: people too. Fits kickers are people too.
0: I don't know. I don't know where to. I don't know where to go with that. I don't
1: know where to. Go I with I, I don't know. I figure you would you'd do something with that, considering you're a giant kicking nerd you know being a soccer coach and all
0: yeah well it's a it's a it's an art form and it's uh who do they who are they gonna blame first right who are they gonna blame first but uh we we've got we're 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 riding the ship no pressure for uh for timmy here but uh like you said he's got a he's got an open an, an open room it's everything's up for grabs and now he's just gonna he's gonna take it well you're uh Will your parents have a chance to uh, to come up from Atlanta to, to see a game in person at Memorial Stadium, or is that conversation taking place yet? Yeah, uh, my dad's
3: saying he's going to try and make every game. We'll see if that's if he's going to make it or not. But uh, my mom wants to come up as well, so they're probably going to try and find a couple weekends at the minimum to get up here. And they're making the trip to uh, Ireland as well. So wow. So they'll be going to that game.
0: Yeah. Not a bad deal. They probably checked out the schedule transfer portal. Oh, they announced this game to Ireland. Here we go. So, not, it's actually not a the, bad move. Now, I'm gonna... the
3: second game I'll be playing over in Ireland. I played a, a high school football game in high school when Georgia Tech and Boston College went over. My high school went with them, and we played a game over there. So, I got to go to the Georgia Tech-Boston College game, and that it's in a Viva Stadium where we're playing. the Stadium? stadium? Awesome. Oh. Yeah. It was kind of just, what are the odds of that? Just, matching up again but
0: that is some small world stuff that is that is really cool now lincoln is a beautiful place uh, mm-hmm. i was down there i've uh, been around it all my life um but greenville south carolina that mm-hmm. is those blue ridge mountains that whole town What i just what did i see today top 10 places to live in the united states i do have a question though it looks like it might be on campus. It looks like a little lake or something. There's a finger and there's a building that's a tower or something. Bell uh, tower. Yeah. Is that what that is? that all that is? Is a bell tower?
3: Yeah. It's, uh, it's the firm of bell tower. Yeah. Okay. They
0: could right just put that front. picture on every single piece of literature and Hey, come to school here. I mean, it's, is it, is it as nice as it looks in the, in the photos? Yeah. It's a, it's
3: a beautiful campus. It's kind of unfortunate. My freshman year in Part of sophomore year, when you first enter campus, you have a mall that like separates the parking lot and the classroom buildings. And it goes down pretty much the whole stretch of campus and just big trees kind of arched over the the streets. And they had to cut them down because the roots were kind of rotten and they're afraid they're going to fall over. But they replanted new trees, but they weren't near the size. So now you can see the entire stretch of the mall. But uh, it's still a beautiful campus with the lake in the back and the bell tower and just all the classroom buildings are really nice. So,
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm obviously not going back to college. I don't even think I'd probably get into Furman, but it's like, wow, that makes me want to go through the whole process over again and and venture out a little bit more. Mm -hmm.
3: It was was cool, too, because it was 15 minutes from downtown Greenville and 20 minutes north, or if you just went north 20 minutes, you're in the mountains. So you had a city life and... If you wanted to go hiking for a day, you could do that. So, it was kind of cool.
0: So, it sounds a lot like Lincoln. Is that right, Zach? Are we pretty?
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's a couple hills in Lincoln. (laughs) One or two, maybe.
0: That's awesome.
1: Well, um, other than that, uh, I've got nothing else for uh, for Mr. Bleak Road here. Um, I appreciate you coming on and... uh, you know, spend the time with us tonight. It, it was awesome to talk to. I think Nebraska's next uh, place kicker, and I think going to be a big reason for a rebound this year. Having you guys down there, I, I think we're in for a good year, my man.
3: I think so too. I appreciate y'all having me on. It's been fun up for this hour.
0: We appreciate it. we uh we'll uh, we'll work with social media on getting Joker and the Thief as your. Uh, your walk-up song. Uh, I don't see. I don't see why not. It seems like it should work for me uh, and the rest of the crowd. Zach, are you on board with this? Hell yeah! All right. We'll get the uh, we'll get the members of the congregation to flood uh, Husker Vision and all the uh, creative people down at uh, at North Stadium to to make this happen. So, Perfect. or just what you need to do is when you just when you're just knocking every kick stiff through at practice and you've got that song playing, it'll just kind of become. And the other players will have to. Well, we should just play this, even while he's kicking. Don't turn it off. Just let it, let it go. So on repeat. There we go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Well, thank you again, uh, Timmy. We appreciate it. Um, Zach, any any last parting words for us? It's your show, my man.
1: Nope, I got nothing else. Um, thanks again for joining us, everybody. And uh, take care. Have a good night. We'll talk to everybody later. And we're good.
0: Well, that was an exciting conversation with our newest addition to the specialist rooms. As we uh, as we look to kind of reshape uh, that room, uh, field goals, punter, uh, kickers, just everything, you know, under the the guidance of uh, Bill Bush. So, uh, Zach and and Drake, what are you? What are your thoughts right now on on the specialist room, on the special teams, those three positions? Any any predictions? Any? Um, I guess, kind of expectations?
1: Well, I mean, I gave my uh, hot take earlier this year to, I think it was Big Game Boomer, uh, that Nebraska will have a punt return touchdown this year, a kickoff return touchdown this year, and um, also, I believe, a block on special teams as well. So that's what for special teams, that's what I did. I guess specialist wise, it's a gigantic upgrade at every single spot that they brought guys in at. So um, it, it, it's 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 going to be interesting to see if they can all mesh. That that's why that question that I brought up about: Have you guys had a ton of time to work together? Makes a huge difference because it, they could be the most talented guys in the world, but if they're not in sync, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, something's going to go wrong in that machine. So hopefully they can get the reps in from the, the brand-new long snapper to the brand-new punter to even the brand-new place kicker. Got to get that figured out really early in the season.
0: Drake, what do you think is the uh, – besides stating the obvious of just, you know, flat-out execution, What's what was missing or what do you think, if you could kind of – Put it, put it, point to a couple things last year with with overall special teams. Any anything that pops out to you? Yeah, I'm mean,
2: well. So I I think there's a few things here, right? I mean, let's not. I I'm trying really hard. I'm excited about Tommy Bleak Road, but let's not forget the season before last. Connor Culp was a conference player of the year for special teams. He was kicker of the year in the Big Ten two years ago injuries and stuff kind of hurt him last year but you know aside from from his good year special teams has kind of been apart from DeMone Pearsonell non-existent from from an offensive standpoint you know we we had done decently in coverage so the whole special teams conversation to me is really interesting because I don't know that it's necessarily talent. Um, it's obviously execution, but it just seems like there's kind of been the same dark cloud over special teams that's been over the program for the last 20 years. The cloud hasn't covered special teams for 20 years, but it has gone there. I think the the biggest key to improving special teams play is by getting more talent out there, getting better returners, better coverage guys, having, you know, more sound assignments. But also, you know, for Bleak Road and Brian Bushini, I think another big factor is they need to know that, you know, one bad punt or kick by them isn't going to cost the game. I think that has been more detrimental to our special teams Over the last few years than than talent or execution is just the undeniable pressure that hey, if you can't make these three points, we're gonna have to go for four the rest go go for it on fourth down the rest of the game. You know what I'm saying? So I think I think obviously we have a problem with special teams. There's no doubt about it. But the problem on the problem that special teams is to me is more of a result of failure throughout the program elsewhere. I it's not strictly special teams, which is kind of a scapegoat and a very long winded answer. I apologize, boys. I just I think that's something that, you know, as I've thought about it this offseason, it we've shuffled in kickers and punters for a lot since Sam Foltz. Um and things just haven't worked out. So it's not it's clearly not all them. It is a combination of things.
0: Well and and everything you said that uh long-winded it was i i completely agree and you really got some good points out there think about what we have been asking for for a long time we thought we were going to we were going to get the special teams coordinator Mm -hmm. and it didn't happen it didn't happen and then bush has announced you could almost see through the program that from frost down there wasn't a lot of trust out there i mean it was you know whether it was you know we don't know how much work goes into it i'm not going to we can't honestly believe that they ignored it they never touched it you know things like that but the idea that if he's hesitating what are the players thinking if there's if they're wishy-washy about yeah you know what we're we're here we can't we can't make can't take the field goal we can't quite punt you know what's going to happen and then on the flip side of that we're we're giving up i don't know 16 23 yards Compared to the other player or the other team in terms of starting field position, you know, Brandon Vogel in one of our early episodes talked about that, the, the stark contrast between where other teams start against us, kickoff punts, things like that, versus where the Huskers were starting. So if, if some of those things can get fixed, and as you said, you know, the idea of one and done, one miss, one, one mistake, you know, it goes back to me, and I think a lot of people come back to this, you know, Frost, what do you say? No fear of failure. And it it honestly feels too often to me that it was the exact opposite. And when you're out there, you know, so to speak, looking over your shoulder all the time, how, how are you gonna kick with with being relaxed? How are you going to perform um, to the best of your ability knowing that, yeah, sometimes I have to take a chance, and if I do and it doesn't work out, you know? Now, taking, taking a punt over your shoulder against Illinois, you know, and bobbling that and, and creating that, those are some different types of things. But at the same time, you know, you got to make something happen. So it'll be interesting to see see how that shakes out.
2: Yeah, and to kind of kind of build off of what you're saying there, Fitz, you know, I have, I have two more points to that. Um, my first one is going to also double as a question is, one thing I noticed last year and it drove me nuts was on kickoffs, we were continually fielding the ball inside the five, inside the end zone and trying to run it out and i'm not 100% sure what the new rule is at college but at if you catch the ball inside the 10 it's technically a touchback if you fair catch it is it the 10 yard line or the 5
1: i think it's the 10 i think it's anything inside that inside the 10
2: yeah but long long story short you know we see other teams fair catching those inside the 10 and we're trying to run them out from the end zone that plays a big factor in our in our return yardage
0: bye bye by by God, guys! Do you do you guys hear that? Is that is that Dustin Shooty's music? Is that Dustin Shooty coming down to the ring? Oh my God, Dustin Shooty! What is what? How did, what are you doing? In his Nebraska shirt, ladies and gentlemen. I, uh,
4: I you know I thought I would share that with you guys today, since this is like you know the last week I've had it uh, Saturday tradition. I would break out the Nebraska shirt just for you guys today.
2: Oh, we appreciate it. How
0: are you doing, Dustin? I'm
4: doing great, guys. How are you all?
1: Just we're, right.
0: we're just uh, wrapping up. Uh, we we chatted with uh, Timmy Bleak Road, new Nebraska kicker, uh, just before this, and we were kind of having a little special teams conversation. And then I heard I heard the glass break. Saw you running down running down the ring in your jorts, and uh, it was uh, Jim Ross time.
4: Yeah, I'd be running the other direction because there's I'm not handing out any ass whoopings to anybody. I can promise you that. <laughs>
2: Well, I think Vince McMahon tried to walk down, run down, and give an ass whooping, and ended up tearing both his hamstrings or something getting into the ring. Just great, great content. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what happens is best. I'm, of take,
2: us? I'm taking you in that fight, Vince McMahon. No, no working legs. I'm taking you, Dustin. No worries.
4: I think I could wear him out. I could run around the around the <laughs> ring until he's dead tired, and then maybe then maybe I could slap some sense into him or something. I don't know. <laughs>
0: So is this because it will be? I am going to grab screenshots. I'm going to hold some back. I'll put some on Twitter. We're always going to have this, uh, <laughs> these receipts in our in our pocket. Pretty much, uh, is this safe to say that you are uh, now drinking the Kool Aid? Um,
4: I wouldn't say I'm drinking the Kool Aid. Um, I would say that I'm angels, probably Angels Envy. I'm just Angels Envy tonight. Yeah, I would say I'm probably higher on Nebraska than a lot of analysts. I know that uh, if you guys watch um, late kick with Josh Payton, he seems pretty high on Nebraska heading into this season as well. I think when you look at all of the, um, the transfer portal additions that they've made, they've, they've addressed basically all your concerns that you had from a season ago, they've addressed all of that. Um, I, I guess it comes down to basically, what's the mindset of Scott Frost and some of those guys he's had on his staff for a while now, to me, I mean, you, you've, made wholesale changes basically offensively you brought in some big players defensively as long as you beat northwestern in week one or week zero excuse me i think that they're in really good shape to start what six and oh heading into purdue i think is what the, how the schedule lines up
2: and so, that's what i was going to ask you too dustin isn't that what josh had him at for his hot take on his podcast Was six and oh I I believe so. Yeah,
4: I think I think they were basically the way it shakes out now. If you look at Vegas and some of the books, I think they're favored in all but that Oklahoma game. And I know a lot of people are sold. I'm not sold on Oklahoma. I think when you go from the shift from Lincoln Riley to Brett Venable's, who's not been a head coach, um, yeah, he's a great defensive mind, and yeah, Oklahoma gets a lot of talent. But I'm not. To me, that game was a coin flip. Like that's a that's a pick 'em to me as it stands right now. So. I mean, I think, again, if they beat Northwestern, they're in really good shape. If you lose that game still, you'd like to think heading into with the way the schedule sets up. I think Indiana's in there. Rutgers, a couple um, low-level uh, non-conference games. You still look at four and two, and I think you still feel pretty good with, with some toss-up games still left on the schedule. Purdue's going to be a toss-up game. Um, you look at Illinois, that should be a toss-up game. you got you got a lot of them on the schedule, so um, – I don't know. It's weird. Like, I feel like every year I've talked about, I feel like Nebraska could win eight or nine games on their schedule, but then again, they could always lose eight or nine games on their schedule. So I always feel like that's the same kind of analysis I give just about every year. But I do have more confidence considering all the transfer portal additions they've made this season and to restructure that offensive staff. And most notably to to address special teams is huge.
2: Now, Dustin, you said we kind of uh, addressed all the concerns that we have where, what is the biggest concern that you had for Nebraska coming in, and what covered that up the most?
4: I think the additions – I think having a special teams coordinator is significant because I think when you look at all the points that were left on the board or the points that they gave up through special teams last season, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind if you have adequate special teams, not even great special teams, just average to adequate, they would have been in a bowl game. You, you make them a really good special teams team, and we're talking about eight and four, nine and three probably. Um, I don't think they win all of those games, but I think that they they win eight or nine of them. So to me, to, to hire a special teams coordinator to go out and get a, a new punter, a new kicker to address some of those concerns, I think maybe one of the biggest things, that, and we've we've talked about it. You guys have probably talked about it. Everybody's talking about it. The offensive line to me is still a concern. But I think or I hope that with Mark Whipple's offense and with bringing in Casey Thompson, some really good wide receivers, especially Trey Palmer from LSU, I think that they'll be able to get the ball out of his hands quick enough where maybe it's not that big of a deal and maybe it'll open up some things to keep defenses off balance in the run game. They've got to fix some things up front, but I don't know. I I have a little bit more confidence in the offensive line than I think than most people do, but that's probably still the one glaring concern that I have heading into this season.
2: Yeah, I'm right there
1: with you, too. Well, I I got a question. So this is going to go back to the whole special teams thing. Uh, have you guys all seen the new Stranger Things? Like, are you guys all caught up on that series yet or no?
2: No. It's been out for like four days.
1: Well, no, well fuck me running. My bad. Then never mind. I'm not even <laughs> going to make the comparison because it's not going to make fucking sense to anybody. So let's just <laughs> skip right over that. What's we it?
0: can still watch it. It's it's not like it's gone. Fits.
1: It's not it. going to hold relevance. I don't care anymore. <laughs> don't,
0: can you tie it? Can oh, you tie it into the new Top Gun at least? Oh God, Zach's all up in his feelings already, and we're only six, seven minutes in talking to Dustin. Oh God.
4: Hey, wait, wait. Can I bail? Can I bail? Can I get him back on a good track here? Yeah. I am not. I heard your conversation with Jeffrey the Greek. I am not a Haribo gummy gummy bears fan. If I have to choose, I'm going Trolley. Right? in that in that
0: your brand, Zach? <laughs> yeah. No. You're, on, okay. we are back some on Justin the right cool side issues. of things. Hang on. Hang on. I think Zach... Uh, Dr- uh, just, Justin's cutting out here, Zach. We, hang on just a second. Let, let us fix this. Oh, we lost him.
1: Oh, damn. Well, you know, he left at least on the right side of history, so that's a good thing.
2: <laughs> all I heard there was some major blasphemy.
1: Well, not all of us okay. have fine palates like, like some of us do. Sorry, boys.
0: So trolley gummy bears gummy worms uh sour gummy bear sour gummy worms because there's a there's a difference there is a
4: difference um you know when I was a kid I used to love the sour now I'm more of just kind of like a regular gummy worm person I still prefer I don't know what it is I prefer gummy worms over gummy
0: bears I don't know why you put them you put them in your lip and pretend you're like chewing don't you
4: yeah I want to I want to feel like a big boy some days <laughs>
2: That's what Big League Chew is for, boys. Big League Chew.
0: <clears throat> Good point. How about the uh, – see, you guys, I don't think you guys are old. Neither – none of you are old enough. They used to have – uh you get your Big League Chew, but and maybe they still do. You could buy like a chew can size of jerky that was like ground yes. up. <laughs> they still make that. Yeah. Still yeah, walk around used... and –
4: yeah, when I was growing up, they we used to get those, and then those candy cigarettes that they used to sell at the gas station. They they tasted terrible, but you know, you had your uh, you had your fake you had your beef jerky fake dip, and your your candy cigarettes,
0: and you were just the bee's knees, right? So, are we going are we going full here that we even had you know toy guns that didn't have you know weren't spray painted orange and and all that fun stuff? So, you know, what do we what do we what do we do here? Cab fake guns. cigarettes. Fake cigarettes, oh. fake chewing tobacco. You know, we didn't have to wear seat belts. You know, times were times were good.
2: You know what Zach's favorite candy was was the gum with oh, the God. zebra on it that
0: lasted for like twelve oh. seconds. Oh, the fruit stripes gum. Oh, yeah, that that's yum. Zach's favorite.
1: Oh, that's terrible.
0: <laughs> you got you got five you got five flavors in the one pack. Yeah. yeah, that was
1: uh if anything you just had the, the roll of gum and then you just took a bite out of it and then put it back in there because I'm a monster like that, so <laughs> I believe that the was words out. that's fine. i am I'm fine with the chaos.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I want definitely. I want people to let me know where I can find one, but licorice ropes were I don't know if you guys have ever had those. They, you I, probably just... like black licorice too. Are you talking about oh, Twizzlers? God, no. No, no, I'm a, uh, I'm full on red vines. It's, it's, I, there, there's a, dis, there's a big, big divide between that too, but red vines were, you know, they were hollow. You could use them like a straw. It was fantastic.
1: That's terrible. No, to, red
0: vine were really rot. You would, did you ever, uh, were you there
4: for the evolution of the, it was like a nerd rope. It was, it was, uh, licorice and then just coated in those candy nerds thing. I mean it makes my teeth hurt now to think about eating those back in the day. Oh,
1: that was good stuff back in the day. Get on that sugar high and don't even worry about that crash.
0: <laughs> oh some man. Dentist, some dentist invented that and is now living on a private island somewhere.
2: Gosh. Oh, Dustin. Are... <laughs> Dustin, tell us about your new role at over at Outdoor. How did that He's come the... about? What's going on there? He's the king. Yeah, so content. it's <laughs> I'm gonna the be candy the new king writer. Yeah.
4: Um, so, uh, what happened when I went on vacation, I went to Jekyll Island, Georgia, um, did some camping. I was on the beach, played golf, uh, took Twitter off my phone for a week. Um, because even when I'm working, I might have days off, but if I Twitter's on my phone, you guys know I'm, I'm on it all the time. So I decided I was going to take it off for the week and just relax, not worry about anything. And it was great. Um, the second I opened it up, I had like three DMs and a couple emails from the people at Outsider um, wanting to speak with me. They didn't really give me any, you know, just said we had an opening that, that they thought I would be good for. Um, <clears throat> and I talked with the guy a few days later, talked with him on the phone about the opportunity. And people that have gotten to know me through Twitter or through this podcast, other podcasts, radio shows, what have you, um, I, I'm a big hiker. Um, I like to go camping. I'm a big bourbon drinker, beer, barbecue, country music, and that's kind of all this website is. And then you throw in sports into the mix. So for me, when they gave me the offer, um, and it's, uh, I'll continue to cover sports. It's not in a college football capacity or a Big Ten capacity. It's I'm going to continue to cover sports, but then they'll also allow me to write about some of these other things. You know, the national parks, hiking. And the lifestyle all that stuff so when that was thrown into my lap for me it was too it was too good of an offer to pass up as much fun as i've had at working with saturday tradition and covering the big 10 for the past six seven years um covering the big 10 for 10 years at saturday tradition for six it was to me it was a no-brainer
0: so is that a is that a relocation situation or are you just working remotely
4: I'll continue to work remote. Um, they are based out of Nashville. Um, so it's it, it's kind of uh, their hub and they've got I think they've even got like Nashville specific writers because there's so much that happens in that city uh, from a music and a lifestyle standpoint. So um, based out of Nashville, but I will I'm relocating, but not for the purposes of this job. It's because the if you go back to that that uh, clip, gosh, I think I was in college of the of some guy who was just like the rent is too damn high. Um, so I'm, I'm relocating for those reasons because Metro Atlanta's gotten insane, but, um, you know, it's, it's, so a lot of changes going on right now. So where are you headed? Where are we relocating to? I'm headed to Gainesville, Florida. Um, my Tom goal Petty. there is Tom
0: to Petty territory, Tom oh. Petty
4: territory. My brother works at the U of F. He's, uh, affiliated with their, with their track program. They're out in Eugene, Oregon right now. Um, so being a little bit closer to family, the goal is to hopefully save enough money, buy a house, and then move back up to North Georgia to live in the mountains, because that's always been a goal of mine. And, um, you know, so we're, we're saving money here.
2: There you
0: go. Uh, doesn't sound like a bad gig to me. Um, no. what, as far as sports go, we know um, your, your priority is, is roller derby. What other sports will you be <laughs> able to have an opportunity to, uh, to write about for them?
4: yeah, it seems like just about everything. Um, from what I understand, there's a lot of in the auto racing um, industry that's kind of big with their their demographic and the and the people that are reading on their website that so there's a lot of auto racing. NFL is obviously huge, <laughs> is obviously huge there. Um then baseball, basketball. I mean, the interesting thing to me, and one of the things that appealed to me about this is it's not a lot of, you know, you go to Saturday Tradition and you can get um, a breakdown of why uh, why Nebraska got beat by Oklahoma. You know, you can read about what Scott Frost's future going to be like. These are kind of more, they're not really obscure stories, but they're kind of, they're just different. Um And some of it, like one of the stories... That was published and I've been trying to read up. It's like how ridiculous the prices were um, at the PGA in terms of, of the the snacks, like the food, the like the $18 Michelobes, right? Like there was a whole 600 word story on the prices shifting from Augusta where everything's basically $4 or less to the PGA where everything is basically $15 or more. So that's just one example. They do some of these other stories that it really kind of appeals to me because it's something different. It's a new challenge. You know, there's there's only so many injury stories or um, game recaps you can do. And while I love doing that at the same time, it gets kind of monotonous. And, and so this is kind of a new fun challenge for me to try to try something new in a lot of different sports areas, still keeping an eye on the big 10, continuing to, to look at college football and stuff, but um, you know, dabbling in golf, dabbling in um, the NFL and, and NBA, and, and some of these other
1: areas. Yeah, that'll it, be uh, huge for uh, you. I mean, you get to, like you said, you really get to grow your brand as, as a as a writer and, and everything. Um, as far as bourbon goes, what's uh? Give me like a top top three or top five. What's what's your top five bourbons?
4: Oh boy, I don't know if I'm even. Um, Qualified yet. So, from what I've tried, what I'd sampled, I don't even know if I could put this in order. Um, I am a big fan of Elijah Craig's small batch. That's a really good bourbon. Um, barrel bourbon is good. It's it, especially if you get a high proof, um, you don't need much of it to have a really good night. Um, barrel bourbon is good. Uh, I like the Angels Envy has become one of my new favorites. That's what I'm sipping on tonight. Uh, that was one my my dad actually recommended. So that's probably in the mix. Um, let's see if I can if I can give you a fourth off the top of my head. Uh, one of the ones I'll give you, a, here's a sleeper I'll throw in. So those would be my top three right now. And I'll throw in a sleeper pick is actually Four Roses. My introduction to Four Roses was the yellow label. And God, it's terrible. Um, it's, it's not, I mean, it's fine if you're going to have an old fashioned or a mint julep or, you know, mix it with something. Um, but I tried the small batch Four Roses and it makes an incredible difference. Like one of my buddies got it for me and I, was, I told him, I said, I hate Four Roses. What do you, he said, trust me, try this. Uh, so that's one that I have come to really enjoy too. It, it, when I'm out, I go to the store and immediately buy that. So that's, I don't think it's one of my favorites. It's one of the less expensive ones that I, I enjoy and I can sip on all night.
0: What I think what you need to do and at, at the point in time that you feel comfortable enough to approach your editor and say, "Hey, here's here's the story I'd like to write," um, you're down in in that region. Head up to uh, Kentucky and, and tour Buffalo Trace. Write about their you know history. You know, I know there's that there's a really good uh, documentary type movie uh, on Pappy Van Winkle and the theft and and all of that. But you know, just writing just that whole and I'm assuming that some of it's maybe already been done, but just you know, Lexington and, and Kentucky and all of that stuff and how that's all grown would be, I, I would read it Um, if it was an ongoing series and, you know, eventually, you know, you rank, you start doing some rankings like, like Zach asked about. I, I think that would be pretty, pretty, pretty cool because the, you know, COVID aside, the increase of uh, people, Enjoying their beverages between craft breweries, um, distilleries, you know, you know, just the the idea that you know America now has become a little, you know, in that top tier of creating and 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 having these beverages is pretty cool.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's really neat. neat. It's something like I didn't the fun the crazy thing to me is I wasn't even a bourbon drinker until I moved to Georgia. Like I I didn't, and then I stopped at the distillery and I kind of weaned my way up to where now I can, I can drink it neat. Right. Like I started out, I think it was like an app. It was weird. It was like an apple pie cocktail or something. I'm like, I don't, but all I had had my whole life was, um, you know, stuff like Jack Daniels. Um, I had had some uh, Jameson, which I know is an Irish whiskey. So when it came to bourbon or whiskeys, I wasn't really a big fan. And then I tried some of the stuff that, you know, you're not drinking when you're in college. Um, You, you, you sample some other things, you try stuff from, from different distilleries and you, you kind of, start to enjoy it so um it, it's it's been a kind of a fun adventure like now I, i've never considered myself like i'll just drink whatever you put in front of me but now i'm like i'm getting more interested in kind of the 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 chemistry behind it how it's made all that kind of stuff so it, it's it's fun and i agree with you i'd love to do the bourbon trail someday and, and eventually write about it i'd like to hike the appalachian trail someday and
2: let's we'll go do and, and it as a stuff. as a group we'll all there do we the go. bourbon trail together
4: I like the way you think, right? and we Pod- can all come. Back. We can all come back to Nashville. I'm sure you know. Hey, yeah. you know what? The Music City Bowl isn't a bad bowl for Nebraska to return to this year, right? No, no.
0: Hey, any bowl, any bowl would be a nice <laughs> bowl for Nebraska to return to. <laughs> okay, right, let's just let's. All right, let's all real. right, all right. Bad attitude. It's not all sunshines and rainbows here, Drake. We gotta. Let's, Who our, pooped our in your cereal this morning? What's that? Who pooped in your Cheerios this morning? Um, I don't eat cereal. I'm on the um, fasting program <laughs> to maintain. So back off.
2: Uh, yeah, <laughs> Dustin talking about the chemistry and stuff. Um, and Fitz brought up the great Bourbon Heist, little two episode docu series on on Netflix. I I stumbled across this show. I I don't remember the title, so I apologize, but. Daniel Um, Tiger? No, it was it was on Hulu, or I I found it on Hulu, where the first episode is a moonshine, the second episode is a whiskey, and it's all home distillers put on a competition. One episode's rum and vodka. Have you seen that at all by chance?
4: I've not. um, I've seen a netflix thing that's it's kind of like what you're talking about it's um and i think it's called chef's table and they do like a barbecue one like an italian yeah. food like they and it's all like three or four and it's they basically kind of rate it I, if mm-hmm. i remember right like where they compete so that would be really interesting i've not seen it uh but you said it's on hulu
2: yeah i'll try and find it tonight and shoot it to you yeah
4: that that sounds really interesting
2: the did you watch the whole season of the barbecue one they did a whole barbecue season of Chef's Table on Netflix.
4: I think I did, but it was – was it out during COVID? I feel like that was yeah. one of the things I watched during the pandemic. So it's been yeah. it's been a couple years, but I do think I watched
2: all of it. Yeah, I got super into that stuff during COVID, so.
4: <laughs> yeah, I always liked uh, – did you watch, like, Barbecue Pitmasters was always a big show. I can't remember if that was on, like, Travel Channel or Destination America, yep. but um, mm-hmm. that's – like. The, they air a bunch of reruns, and they're all like 10 or 15 years old, but I could still sit there all day on, on a Saturday and watch it for 12 hours.
2: That That's how I am with Meat Eater now.
4: Okay. <laughs> Somebody's going to make a joke, aren't they?
1: Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope, just gonna let that one lie. Just gonna let that one sit there. Cause nope, nope, nope. That's way too easy. This is, this uh,
0: is a family friendly podcast, right? For the
2: record, for the record, just so everybody knows, the next season of Meat Eater is gonna have an episode in West Nebraska. Oh, nice.
1: Oh Gratno? great. So so what's <laughs> yeah, uh, what's on this show, uh, Meat Eater? I want you, uh, what, what's, uh, what's, what's the show about?
2: Have you never seen it?
1: Here, here
2: goes our no Drake, here, Drake. I I, I have not
1: seen it. I'm I'm interested in hearing your description of meat eater.
2: Dustin, you've seen it, right? I have
4: not. I've I've heard about it. I know what you're talking about, but I yes. haven't seen an episode of it yet.
2: I have. So it is. I don't know his his damn name, but um, a lot of a lot of it is specialty big game hunting that you have to win tags for, um, like you know mountain goats in in montana and it's it's just stalking and killing them and how to cook them um they do some fishing episodes in alaska uh it's a really interesting show joe rogan's on it pete alonzo from the mets is on it
1: oh you said cause, just because you mentioned joe rogan i'm gonna watch it that's that's what you think huh <laughs>
2: Joe, Joe Rogan has been on it uh, three or four times. I will find a Joe Rogan episode tonight and tell you which one it is.
1: Once again, so now you're thinking just because Joe Rogan's on there, I'm going to watch it.
2: Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. Well,
1: all right. I'm well, just tell me what it. service it's on and I may check out it's, Meat Eater. It's
2: on, it's on Netflix. I know every password you have is Joe Rogan experience. So...
1: <laughs> nope, that's not true. That's not true at all. <laughs> I now have to check my fucking password. So thanks, asshole. Good thing I was
0: was to log into, into
4: your bank account here and see if he was being honest or not.
1: Yeah, good luck with that one. I don't think you guys want to see how much money I owe everyone else. Um, I do want to ask one question because I think it's been it's been a little bit since Dustin's been on, and I can't remember if and it's sports related, of course. Um, I can't remember if Nebraska made a lot of the, like, NIL stuff as public as they have, you know, where they're making the big splashes since you've been on last. What's a – does it seem like Nebraska's really kind of milking everything they can out of NIL and, you know, just to get that footing to get ahead of everybody?
4: I think so. And I think – What was really smart, and I believe uh, Bill Moose was the athletic director at the time. He kind of got out in front of this; like they could see something was coming down the pipeline. And I believe, like they were the first to set up. I don't even remember what the name of that partnership was, but to but but helping student athletes to kind of monetize their name, image, and likeness. I think at the time it was advertised as like, "Hey, after you're done being a student athlete at Nebraska, here are ways to be successful." but I think they knew at some point NIL was going to get to maybe not where it is today, but to a point where it could be ad- advantageous to them. And then you go back to big 10 media days last year and Scott Frost talking about, we think it can be huge for Nebraska because we're the only game in town, you know, and we've got a, we've got a passionate fan base. And, and so I do think that when you look at the kind of um, the transfer players that Nebraska was able to bring in, And Casey Thompson going on busing with the boys and saying you can make six figures as a starter here like that. That's a message to some of those other prospects. Right. So um, whether they're transfer portal, whether they're high school recruits, I do think that Nebraska with their with their fan base being to me, they're a national program. Like I, I don't know if people quite understand, like you have people in California all the way to Maine who are pulling for the Huskers because they were such a dominant force for so long. Um, so they're everywhere. So not only are they the, the, the only game in Nebraska, they're a pretty big game across this country. So I do think that they've got the resources. I think they've done a really good job. I don't know all of the specifics of who's got NIL deals, who doesn't have NIL deals and all that, but it, it's pretty clear to me that, one of the reasons they're winning so well in the transfer portal right now is because they do have that access, because they're doing NIL better than a lot of other schools right now. And again, they were, if not the first, they were one of the first to kind of establish this and bridge that gap from absolutely having nothing to now being one of the top programs to offer name, image, and likeness.
0: Well, it's it, it's crazy the the fact that you know a, a company like Huddle, which is connected to every recruit, yeah. Um, was a Lincoln-based company when it, you know, first started, and then, you know, it's grown into Omaha and things like Bill that. Bill Callahan got... kind of started it. What's
2: that? Bill Callahan's staff kind of led the creation of Huddle through oh, Back channels. Word?
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I did not. I did not know that. That's pretty. That's pretty interesting. Just kind of essentially putting, getting all of those, kind of like YouTube did, and it started to change eventually. But yep. being able to package a quick, uh, quick video highlight, give access to create it yourselves type of thing is that where it
2: yeah kind of i mean my understanding was you know this is 13 14 years ago now so um my understanding was it was a couple of his like uh analysts now that went off and started their own thing but it had a ton of money put into it from my again my understanding from the athletic department in lincoln as a whole
0: That's that's pretty cool. And so, I mean, so, yeah, huddle starts there. You've got you've got open doors with, you know, uh, Kudelik and and, uh, Blake Lawrence, you know, starting that, which is in Lincoln. So, like you said, Bill Moose has an idea that this might be coming down the pike. You look at you look at all through that, but getting out ahead of it, you know, because then on the other side and you've we had we've had this conversation, um, you know, on social media that are, you know, are they not embracing it or saying they're not embracing it because they can't, because they're already behind, you know, whatever it is but then the I guess the where I'm heading with this is Ryan Day the other day says, hey, flat out here's what it's going to cost to get this, I mean, you're putting a price point on a five-star quarterback here's you know, $2.2 2 million you want this outside edge rusher you need to a package of 1.7, whatever it is, is that what do you see for that? Is that problematic? Do you, is it just the, the cost of doing business? What What's, what are you thinking, Dustin?
4: First of all, I just want to say that, you know, those memes where you can build like your all-star NFL or NBA team and it's like, you got the $5, the $4, <laughs> the $3. When they're talking about that, that's what I pop up. Like, here's how you build your super team and this is what it's going to cost you to, to build that super team. Um, I I think it's problematic for the sport as a whole. I don't think it's problematic for Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Clemson, Nebraska, US uh, USC's hit or miss to me. I, I can't tell you whether LA would pony up the dough for USC to be good or not. I, I, I that's a that's a mystery to me. But there's never been real parity in college football, but I feel like the gap between the haves and have nots, if you like there's nobody that's at, at, let's take Indiana or Purdue or Illinois, for, for instance. Nobody's going to pay $13 million for those teams to be good at in, in football, in my opinion. Now, at Ohio State, that there, there's going to be a lot of people at Nebraska. There's going to be a lot of people willing to pony up some of that dough to say, yeah, we want to be national contenders again. So I think when you look at it from the, from the whole um, and, and the sport as a whole, it's going to be problematic just because that gap's going to divide so much because there's going to be so many schools that can offer big time dough and there's other schools that aren't even going to be able to compete. Um, Like I said, for some of those schools, the the teams that have been there, a lot of the teams in the SEC, unfortunately, um, the Nebraska's, Ohio State's, Michigan's, those teams will be just fine no matter what the rules are. It's those other schools, it's the Indiana, Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota, some of those other schools that are going to really be hit by it hard. I think
2: now, Dustin, Sorry. uh, Deion Sanders was you know in the news not too long ago talking about this, and my initial reaction to what he says versus what everybody else says was saying was a little bit different. You know, he kind of got put through the ringer about paying players but i read his comments as strictly ncaa needs to loosen up on these coaching staffs the numbers so we can have more people in place to help these these student athletes now that they're getting money is, is that how you took it or did you take it as we shouldn't be paying these kids i it's always hard to to dissect what
4: deon sanders is trying to say what he's actually saying like I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't, Deion Sanders is a guy, I don't think he's going to be against paying players. I think now what the, what that money looks like he might be opposed to because I mean, a lot of people thought, and I don't know the I don't know for sure what happened, but the top ranked recruit, and I can't remember his name off the top, but for him to commit to Jackson state, everybody thought it was like a million dollar paycheck or whatever for him to commit there. And I think Deion said, I'm not even getting paid that much money. And you think, you know, so I think when it comes to what is happening now, the NCAA definitely needs to loosen up on staffs, whether it's analysts, whether it's on-field assistants, whatever the case might be, because this is such a new like you got a lot of people now dealing with tax information they didn't have to deal with before. You got people who you know their family income is not nearly what they might be able to make now on a football field. Like it's it's just a completely different world. So. I, I just don't think that Deion Sanders is an an opponent of players getting paid. Um, he probably would like to see, just like the rest of us, he probably would like to see some some sort of guardrails put on so we can keep you know the integrity of the sport intact, and that way you don't have you know Alabama paying five million for a quarterback and um, Illinois having to take a walk on from a Division
2: two school or something. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, and to your point there, I think one of the best things the NCAA can do now to to save face in all of this because it's gotten out of control to an extent. We took too long to get here. One of the best things the NCAA can do to save face in my opinion is do what the NFL has already been doing. You have conventions for all the rookies where they hear from former players, but now they're also hearing from NFL approved financial advisors, NFL approved lawyers, all these things. The NCAA needs to do something like that for these kids and make personal finance a mandatory in their course load because now they're dealing with real money
4: well and the NCAA has the ability to do that they I was an NCAA athlete not not big time this is not comparable in any way shape or form but I do know going through that process we had to sit in a room with every NCAA athlete at the school for two and a half three hours to learn about why you're not supposed to gamble on games, why you can't fill out an NCAA tournament bracket. Like there were videos. And and so repurpose some of those, like it was a long three hour and we had multiple of those and it was about different things. One of them at the time, funnily enough, was name, image and likeness and why you can't be on a Dairy Queen poster or why you can't, you know, if somebody asks you to go out and do sales for them, why you can't be the one, the face of the business or whatever the case might've been back then. Um, So they know how to do these. They have the, they have the structure to do these kind of um, what do you want to call them? Orientations or, um, you know, learning processes. They have that ability to do that. It's just, they're going to have to repurpose some of this stuff and make it about taxes, make it about money, make it about social media, you know, help these kids to be successful, to make sure that they're doing the right thing, not get mixed up with the wrong people, because we'll probably start to see it in a year or two. If not, we haven't seen it already but there's going to be some slimy people that get involved with this. And, and there's probably going to be some 30 for 30 documentaries made about it just because it's not the kid's fault. They're just not educated. And, and again, you might see somebody sign a $500,000 deal, $500, deal and somebody swoops in and, and takes $450,000 of it because the family doesn't know any better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So hopefully they do repurpose that those resources.
2: All I'm thinking about for a 30 for 30 is – the Miami booster who was a gym owner who offered every scholarship player 50,000 last year. That's, that's going somewhere. Yep. And Texas too, wasn't, didn't Texas has that
4: as well. Right. I think it's, I think it's technically they're given so much 50,000. I think it was for, to be donated to a charity of their choosing or something along those lines, every offensive lineman. It was that kind of stuff to me is like, that's a red flag.
2: And, And I think we talked about this last time you were on, but I believe this first year that NIL was active, Texas didn't have it as a state, right? They took a whole year to implement it. So none of their players got paid last year.
4: I believe that's correct. I don't know. I don't know the specifics on it, but I know that's why Quinn Ewers left high school a year early because they didn't have something in place, a law in place, and Ohio did. So he was able to leave Texas, capitalize on an NIL deal, I think, Oddly enough, through a Texas-based company, although I can't be sure of that. Um, and now he's back in Texas, and I think he'll—he's probably in pretty good shape there with the Longhorns. So whether or not yeah. that was his plan all along, I don't know. But that's the kind of stuff where this stuff, whether it's through the, you know, through the government, which I hate, needs to be streamlined so we're all on the same playing field, and it's not each state doing its own thing.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, you, you know that it's uh, eventually. And just for the for the sake of argument, the, the terminology, some sort of a salary cap, um, whether it's and, you know, and you've talked about you mentioned it earlier whether it, it appears that it's going forward with um more on field coaches, you know, things like that. There you know, as long as the as long as the rules are set. You know, Nebraska was dinged with this, other schools have been ding you know, somebody was on the field talking to a player, not just doing video, whatever it is, you know, and then, you know, if that comes out out of, out of spite, out of, you know, how does that stuff reported? That's a, that's another 30 for 30, but you know, as long as they set parameters that are for every school and if there's a, you know, if there's a limit on, on, on earnings, if there's, you know, a limit on coaching, you know, if every, if every school, cause you know, we start to see here where, you know, what, what is conference realignment and, I guess bigger than that is, you know, are we talking regional conference realignment, all of that stuff, as long as everything is fair game and equal for for all parts, you know, and Jeffrey the Greek said it, he's like, well, nothing's equal in college football, but, you know, you, is, whatever those rules are, and then however that works off of that, I think that's going to be, that's going to be important. Um, I was going to bring something up earlier, and I'm not sure, Dustin, if you know, um but just kind of through kind of looking at some things once you announced on on June 1st you your move to uh outsider uh that's outsider.com listeners of the congregation um but there is a connection with on 3 with the creator the owner is it Jerry Shannon is that the right name um and so as we started to see stuff, you know, coming through social media, Steve Sippel, for example, Robin Washit, you know, a lot of different people, rivals, I think, moved over there as well. Um, was, did you know that ahead of time or was this kind of new information to you as well where they were now going along the lines of these uh, fan sites and bringing in the media members and doing all of that?
4: Yeah, so funnily enough, and this is an anecdote because I don't know if you guys, you know, believe in signs or whatever. But the last story I read before I went on vacation, I think it was the story um, that Stephen Sippel put out about he was leaving um, the Lincoln Journal Star, and you know, then earlier this week or last week, whenever it was, he announces he's at On Three, and they're you know the two companies are. Um, they work together and Shannon Terry is the guy you're thinking about. And he's the, he started rivals. He started 24 seven sports and, and now he started on three. Um, so, you know, he knows what he's doing. And that was, again, that was really appealing to me to have a guy who's been doing this for so long, who's been very successful in this business. Um, and, and to have him kind of running the show, I had some people, I, I didn't know at first when on three popped up, I didn't know they were part of that outsider, You know, under the same roof, I guess you'll say. But I did know some people that worked at On Three, and I was talking to them just, just off the record, basically. Like I, I didn't apply for the job at Outsider. I didn't apply for any jobs at On Three or anything like that. I was just curious, and eventually, I found out that On Three and Outsider were under the same umbrella. So, at first, I didn't know. Um, but now it seems like some of those rival sites are going to, um, are going to on three. Um, so I, yeah, it was, it was kind of a learning process for me too. And it's, like I said, it's, it's kind of strange because the last story I read and one of the last podcasts I listened to was, uh, Sip and Sam or Sam and Sip, whatever it was kind of announcing and then reading that story about wanting a new challenge, basically. And, you know, basically a week later, I get that an opportunity in something I want to, to deal with. And it's under the same
2: umbrella. Yeah, that's very cool. That's uh, some divine intervention. <laughs> so Dustin, uh, we'll wrap it up with this, I believe uh two-part question. They have nothing to do with each other, but first, now that you're not covering the big 10, I want to lock in a Nebraska prediction. What do you got? I'm going to go losses. I'm going to go Nebraska finishes
4: eight and four this season. That's okay. my prediction for whatever. I, and I want to preface this by saying that um, a lot of people thought I was crazy last year when I said Illinois would beat Nebraska and I wasn't convinced that they were going to be bowl eligible for whatever reason I've ha- I feel like I've uh, of any team in the big 10 outside of Ohio state, because you can pretty much predict they're going to be at the top of the big 10 every year. Right. Um, outside of them, I've had a pretty good feel on Nebraska I think that they've added enough talent. I think they've shored up some of those question marks. I like the new coaching staff. The NIL seems to be working for them. I, I, I think they're going to be 8-4. and four. I'm, not, I'm not saying they'll be in the Big Ten West race, but I think that they'll take that much-needed next step.
2: Okay, okay. We'll, we'll hold you to it, and then uh, we'll regroup that at the end of the season. All right, this one's rapid fire. Top three okay. sports movies that come to your head. Rapid fire. You got you tell me Rapid Fire, I
4: panic. Top three sports <laughs> movies.
0: Oh my god. Um any any, any decade, is, Dustin. Any decade Hoosiers, is fine.
4: Hoosiers is number one for me. That's okay. because I grew up um in Indiana. That that movie's always been big for me. Um oh jeez. Um, I guess. Rookie of the Year. I've always liked Rookie of the Year. Number three. Hot Ice. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, he, that's one of his underrated films, man. I, I do love his. It really is. Da, Daniel Stern, right? That's his name? Yeah. Uh, and then number three, I'll go um, Mighty Ducks D2. That's always one I can just put on and enjoy it, no matter what. That's
2: the Junior Olympics one, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. The first one I don't think is that good. The second one is real. I think the second one's much better.
0: All well, right. When you're, when you're going through lists, though, you can pull the Drake clause, and you could have just picked all three of the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> um, we were doing we were doing some rankings in our uh, six-pack and a tall boy episode. If you haven't heard it, go back and check it out, Congregation. But he's like, I'm going to take uh, all of the 2022 recruits as a position that he was. Would...
2: <laughs> I did not say that. I took the whole new offensive staff. I took, <laughs> I took the quarter, the new quarterbacks as a group, and the defensive line as a group.
1: The, this was for individual players, by the way. So we we weren't doing I think, groups. We... I think
2: that's fair. I think that's fair. No, it was new incomers. But I digress. Look, well, well, Can I can I uh,
4: ask you guys a question? Like, what's your? I want to know each of your predictions for Nebraska before I sign off here. Like what, and maybe not win-loss, but what are your expectations? Are you expecting, like, there's some people that think they'll be in Indianapolis. There's other people that think six and six. I mean, I, like, again, I'm I'm somewhere in the middle. So what what are your guys' thoughts?
2: So for me, I think it's very similar to last year, right? I mean, you see how close we are to being nine and three, or technically, I guess, 12 and up. I'm setting the floor this year at six and six, because that's what it has to be. I think we're realistically in the 7 to 5 range, 6 and 6, 7 to 5. But it does not take a lot extra to go right to be 9 and 3, 10 and 2.
0: Sure. Hey, you're not a politician, Drake. You got what is your answer? That it, it he kind of answered it the same way. He's a guest You have to now answer the yes question. I told you. I think they're going to have some wins. They're going to have some losses. No, Um, I think I think we're seven and
2: five, eight and four, one of those two. But again, it doesn't take a lot to flip two of those to go ten and two.
0: Zach, what do you got? (laughs) You
2: guys, we were three punts away from being six and six. Three quality punts. Yep. Not even points.
1: Um, I'm gonna go. I'll I'll go eight and four. Um, I also think eight wins is the minimum Scott uh, can do to save his job. If he loses, if he wins seven, I I think he may be gone. Um, so interesting. Yeah, I I think he's shown so little progress the first record wise. Um, he's shown so little progress that he's he's really put himself in a corner. Um, he was given much like. Um, Hoiberg, was given the one shot free. You better figure out what's wrong with your staff. Um, He replaced the entire offensive side of the ball. It's not like they're not trying. If if it doesn't work this year, it just isn't going to work. So I'm thinking eight and four is is the minimum, and that's where I'm at. What you got, Fitzgerald?
0: Oh, sorry, mom. Getting the full name treatment here on the podcast. All right. There we go, boys.
2: Here we are. Another installment. No, uh, again, no replacements, no major league in the favorite sports movies. I'm going to go cry. Fitz, what do you got? Oh, I was like, I literally
0: <laughs> thought you were ending this. And I was like,
1: God, that would have been so amazing just to do that walk off.
0: <laughs> I, I had that moment. I'm like, what the, what is happening? Um, I, I, I you know you go through the schedule and in in full confidence and honesty I think 8 and 4 is the number. I want to be a little bit different though because I think I think if they're if they are let's say just worst case 5 and 1 going into week 7, right? And from there you've got Indiana, Rutgers, um Illinois. I think it might be those those three games there. Those should be – because if they're – and this is the difference, and I know this is a, a, a long way to get to a short answer, but the thing that's been hurting them is it's, you know, the game won last year against Illinois completely changes everything they're going to do. And, and, and I'm not talking play-wise, scheme-wise, anything like that. It's just the confidence, you know, the fact that it gets reported that – They didn't understand. They didn't realize the front was going to be different. You know, so how do you, how do you move on from that? So if they're, if they're at Oklahoma at five and one, I think honestly, they're going to take those next three. That is, that is eight and eight and one right there. That's eight and one. And Drake, I know we were, we were giving you a hard time, but you're exactly right though. The difference between 10 and two and eight and four type of thing, or stopping at honestly talk stopping at. Eight and one, seven and two, whatever it is, can be pretty dramatic at that moment. But I think with that momentum, you know, they're gonna, you know, Rutgers, Minnesota, Indiana, Illinois, those should be four ones, four wins if they're five and one. And at that point in time, they could legitimately be nine and one heading into Michigan. Um, And I may be, I may be off on the schedule a little bit. um, If our research, if our research intern can check that out for us. also, you. Oh, okay, so can we pause this and I'll do it. No, um, so nine. I mean, you're talking nine and one. You know, giving you know some things are going to have to go the Huskers' way, but now you've got Michigan, Illinois, or Michigan. I'm sorry, Iowa, and then is that is that what's left? Yeah, if they're nine and one, you've got Michigan and, and Iowa left, and Michigan could be Michigan's going to be the toss-up. I'm not going to say that right now. Um, but there's a lot of momentum, momentum then going into Iowa, in, into Iowa. So I'm going to go nine and three. I'm going to, I'm going to take it because, you know, there could be a hiccup Oklahoma right now. You, you just don't know. Um, and for me, Michigan and Iowa, um, you ask me halfway through the season, I'm going to tell you with a little bit more confidence, but I'm going nine and three. I think now's the- a good
2: time to bring up that, uh, Mike Riley's second team did start seven and zero. so that team wasn't very good. It, I mean. I I felt like the product Nebraska put on the field was better than that last year, so it, it's it's possible to get to that nine and three easily.
0: And I don't I don't know the the ending result of that, but the way his career went, they had to have finished what seven and seven because he was five hundred <laughs> flat out five hundred when he left Nebraska for his career. I mean that's just yeah. yeah. The, that's a the, completely another. No, that's another three hour podcast just talking about that.
4: Well, it's interesting, Zach, that you said that uh, you think that Scott has to get to eight and four this year. I don't disagree with that. But I think one of the things and this is kind of weird, like I feel like if he would have gotten to six and six or seven and five at any year before last year, he would be he would be done because then it becomes they're they're not showing progress. They're declining and there's no hope in sight. So that's interesting to me. Um, the one last thing I'll say about this, um, and, and not take up any more of your guys' time, is just the one thing that had me hesitant um, about Nebraska this year, and why, kind of heading into spring ball, I was like, this might be a five and seven, six and six, maybe seven and five team that pushed me over the hump was the mentality, I, you know, that thought that we can't get over the hump, we can't do it, we lost another close one. I think that's gone this year for the sheer fact that. I don't even know their roster anymore. Like, I I know the bits and pieces, but they've made so many changes. Quarterback, they brought in players at running back, wide receiver. Offensive line, defensive line looks completely different. I don't think the mentality is really a factor, at least in my mind right now. So that has made a big difference to me where I think – even if they lost that game to Northwestern. Okay. We bounce back. We can beat um, North Dakota. We can beat, I can't remember who they play in that third week. And then maybe they go in that home game against Oklahoma. You'll maybe be juiced against a a team in Oklahoma. That's going through some new things. So that's kind of what's put me over the hump. And I think Nebraska, like I said, I think they can get to eight and four this year.
2: Yeah. A lot of those key new players, they are not, they're not going to be used to losing the way Nebraska, Nebraska has. So um there's no, they're not going to maintain that status quo. So that's a good point.
1: All right. Well, shit. Sorry. I was trying to read something. (laughs) Waiting for you to wrap it up. Well, fuck. I didn't know. Sorry. I was reading something on the side there. My bad guys. Um, (laughs) Well, I guess does anybody have anything else at this point? Fitz, Drake anything else No,
2: we're all set dustin congratulations on the new gig at outsider uh we we are so appreciative of the time that you've given us continually and uh we're looking forward to seeing what you do thank you i appreciate that and
4: uh you know maybe i can come on again sometime like i said i i uh will continue to keep a close eye on the big 10 in college football when you've been doing it for 10 years you can't just immediately cut ties but, but um it is. It's going to be fun, and hopefully, I can bring content that you guys are uh, still interested in and, and enjoy, even if it's on a different platform.
2: Yeah. Well, we're definitely going to have to do a whiskey tasting episode.
0: There we go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm on board. I'm on board. It's just you. All these ideas. I'm just. I'm trying to keep notes and write all the stuff down. Drake, you're on fire tonight.
1: Don't give a that kind of credit.
0: <laughs> you got a face. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? Yeah, all right.
1: That's true. Well, that's what we're Dustin, on here for.
0: Again, thank you. We were uh, we were we were pretty excited when you got your new gig at at, at outside, um, and that's outside.com for our listeners. Check Outsiders. Out. Outsiders. Sorry, I, I'm. I, I did go down the realm of trying to figure out if if Dustin's more on the side of socias or greasers. Um, <laughs> he, you know, if he's. If he's read text, you know, and, and other by S.E. Hinton, you know, just kind of that's where my head went. But then when I went to the website, it was really, really cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you come up with. You are uh, already connected something on, on social media with one of your uh, with your uh, colleagues. So it's, it's 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 really cool place. So I'm hoping we can get some traction for you and, and, and get the uh, get the uh, clicks going.
4: Well, the new nickname will be Soda Pop Shooty, so we'll, we'll completely tie it into the outside. I don't know if you guys get that reference or not, but.
0: I've seen yes. the movie. Yes, yes, Cherry, we do. Um, stay golden, Dustin. Um, that is a phenomenal, I got to teach that for a few years, so that's a, I, it's a, uh, I love it. And yes, so breaking news, Fitz can read. Um, it's uh, it's good stuff. So you just, you have to change that on social media, though. You This is where
2: you name. mute him. You mute him. <laughs> You're in control,
1: Zach. Uh, yeah, no, I'll I'll just I'll just start talking now. This usually gets Fitz shut up. All right, Dustin, <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight, buddy. Appreciate it. Um, best of luck in the new venture. and We'll definitely have you back on. We love having you on here with us. So, thanks again, and uh,
0: have a great night, everybody. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.